welcome to the House of Worship in West Gosford. That's what the, uh, the government calls this place, a house of worship. The council calls it a house of worship. That's pretty cool. It's not a house of opinion. It's not a house of conflict. It's a house of worship. But um, I believe that today's message, which will be relatively short for you, we've got a whole thing, bunch of things that we want to do today in this service. We can move from a house of worship to a home of worship. Because the difference between a house and a home, that's where a family lives. That's where you create a family and you're part of the Hope You See family. Even if you're visiting today, we now adopt you. We've got friends here from Sydney, the uh, um, welcome. And um, we now adopt you into the Hope You See family. Um, you're welcome here anytime. And it would be a good idea if you consider thinking about moving and relocating. But that is purely my opinion. We're here to worship the Lord. Um, Today is a special day because uh, seven years ago, actually, um, we don't get to do this very often, but today is a day of transition from uh, one campus pastor to another campus pastor at this particular location. And um, we're going to honour them in a little while and um, very, very, um, very, very special day. But first of all, why don't you get your Bibles out. Thank you, worship, worship team. Thank you, Angus. And we're starting a new series today. It's my privilege to bring you to, to you this message, which is really about calling the art of relationship. That's what the series is called, and in particular today, um, the topic around that, if you've got your pens and papers or your phone out there, is we're, we're saying putting family first. So the reason why I talked about this being a home of worship is because of that title, Family First. Some of you might think about this as a political preach, and it's not that at all, um, just to make it clear. And, of course, I think all of us could in reflection, in a quiet time, say, yeah, I could do better at my relationships. Yeah, yeah. You're you're allowed to talk back. It's quite okay. Um, And I know that, you know, things like Darlene always tells me, you've got low empathy. (laughs) And so I take that as encouragement and say, I could do better. I could do better in my relationships. And so, of course, trying to work on my empathy, I feel sorry for you New South Wales people. (laughs) That with the third game, I hope you do better than the second game. See, that's, I'm I'm improving my empathy. Oh, abusing it, abusing it. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, the purpose of this message is not to talk about opinions, not to talk about politics, not to talk about um, all sorts of things, but to really help, I suppose, focus our attention on what the Bible says about our families, how to build faith, how to build hope, how to actually build healthy relationships within our families. 
I mean, Jesus taught us the two great things, the greatest commandments. He said, look, love God, number one, but also love people. And of course, the, the people that we are embedded with in our family, be them our biological family or our, our connected families or our greater relationships or this family of faith in this house, Again, I believe the Bible um, implores us in terms of our discipleship journey to think about how we can actually improve our relationships with each other. I mean, relationships are important, right? From whether that's in your household or in your work community or your faith community or even just your geographic community, that they are ways that we communicate to each other, that we interact with each other. I mean, the Bible says a lot about it, but I just want to point out one particular verse to you today, and that's from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. I believe we have it on the screen there. And the, and, and the word starts with this. The apostle says, the most important of all. That's a pretty interesting way to start a sentence, right? Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Again, there's this encouragement from God's Word around how we should actually work at our relationships with the people around us. We shouldn't just come in and just high-five each other at the door and see you next week. There's an there's a implication inside of the Scriptures that there should be a relationship, there should be conversation. I mean, we are gathered together as one body today to worship God, a home of worship. But again, midweek in our life groups where I believe we have the opportunity to significantly invest into each other and understand our relationships. In our life group that Darlene and I run, we, have, we, we typically have a format where we, we um, have one Bible verse that we read. We then ask one question that relates to that Bible verse and then everyone participates. Nobody can hide. Everyone's got to answer the question in whatever way. And then after that, we then say, hey, everyone needs to have a prayer request that you come and that we pray for each other. This is inside our life group a way that we can actually build relationships. When God created this world... He created mankind, womankind, in his image and set those individuals into a family. He also sets us into families. God himself models family. He is in family himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, scholars have written so much about that that there's this idea that God is in community with himself. And inside of that family, the basis of that family is a marriage, a beautiful gift from God. The Bible says a man shall leave his family to join his wife and they will become one flesh. And inside of that covenant of marriage, God designed for that couple to, um, that children would be created and given inside of the family unit. This is God's plan, his design. 
There's no other plan in terms of actually building family. The enemy always tries to corrupt, distort and attack the family unit and, of course, the covenant of marriage. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life in all of its fullness. Look, however you have arrived here today, whatever um, um, journey that you've taken in terms of your relationships or broken relationships, can I say to you that the past is the past and we are now new creations because of what Christ has done for us all. Whatever the situation is, that is not where the finish can be. But of course, that will take some work on your behalf to again to invest, reinvest and to think about how I can be better at the relationships that I have. When you think about your family, your extended family, what is your initial response? Is it a smile? Is it a grimace of regret? Is it a wistful longing that that I just wish it could have been better? Or is there a strong sense of a warm gratitude that overall, apart from all the bumps and the lumps and and the things that have gone wrong or gone right, that overall it's a feeling of warmth for you. See, every person's experience of family is unique. They say that if you're trying to figure out who is the crazy cousin and you're looking around and can't spot who it is, (laughs) it might be worthwhile looking in the mirror. Putting your family first does not mean putting God second. Putting God first in all things, I believe, is what Jesus was teaching. Putting him, God, first in our families, in our careers, in our home life, in our finances. That's why we take the time to teach about tithing. It's not that the church needs more money. It's actually to help you to live the fullest life that you can. Yes, we would appreciate more finance, but so would you. But that's why I want to spend time teaching you about tithing. We need to put God first in our worries. What an interesting thought. That God would be first in our worries. That God would be first with our dreams. See, putting... Our families first means putting them as the greatest priority above all of our other ambitions. Dare I say our careers, our businesses, our place of, of employment, they are important but one day they will all end. Our ambitions or our achievements are important but one day they will seem insignificant. But of course... Family always matters. Family is always there and it's also a great opportunity to build practical legacy today in your unit, in your context, 
You don't have to be part of something bigger, no matter what family uh, mechanism looks like to you, whether it's a single parent family or, or, a, or a whole other mix of blended fam- parts of the family, you can still apply, work at and build legacy. What we are all intentional about will flourish. What we ignore slowly becomes dry and brittle. So let's be intentional about the most important things in life, God and our families. So I've got hopefully four principles that we can whiz through this morning. I believe a healthy family is a family of blessing. Genesis 1, verse 27 to 28. I mean, God commands what that family unit should be. Adam and Eve is what we're talking about. The first thing God does when he creates human in his image is he blesses them. He says, go forth, I bless you. God is speaking life into that family unit. He's not speaking death. He's not speaking problems. He's not speaking all sorts of other negative attitudes. He's saying, go forth and multiply, do good, flourish. I mean, the book of Proverbs in chapter 18 talks about the tongue is the key to life or death. Make sure that actually the words that you are using inside of your family are words of life not death. What are you speaking over your family? See, not every family feels blessed at every moment. Let's be honest about that. Not every family feels blessed at every moment. Let's face it, for most parents or for most um, new parents in particular, having a child is a major cure for self-centeredness. For those that are new, who are new to parenting their one child, they'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. I was having a conversation with Austin Ward this week and he says, I can't believe how much attention this baby needs. (laughs) He says, I can't just go onto PlayStation whenever I want anymore. Families at different seasons are faced with challenging circumstances. But the hardest thing in life probably that you'll do is to um, lead or be part of a family, whether that's the good season or the bad season that you're in. I mean, one of the greatest opportunities that you have in life, no matter whatever career things or or business things that come your way is to actually lead and care for a family. Um, You can create memories uh, that last a lifetime, literally. You can um, create an atmosphere of creativity, of, of achievement and of confidence in this next generation where if you build that family unit right, which doesn't mean it doesn't have problems, by the way, Right doesn't mean no problems. Right means it's just a healthy environment. You can actually, inside of that family unit, um, help protect all of the family members and build a shield around their emotions because their identity is strong. Their identity is cared for. My encouragement to is build a family 
that blesses people. That you speak words of life. Um, families, I believe, can be places of honour. Again, the, one of the Ten Commandments, um, God says, honour your father and mother. Then you will live long, full of life in the land your God is giving you. In the New Testament, there's a reference to that particular commandment in Ephesians chapter 6 that says, this is the first commandment with a promise. It's a tip. You want to live long? You want to live well in the land that God's given you? Well, honour your mother and your father. It just so happens that I've got a daughter in the room today. (laughs) I'm getting to preach to her. (laughs) It's a a point of uh, self... I'm I'm conflicted, but but I'm only just reading what the Word says, (laughs) though. When you are a family that has words of life, when you are a family that has a a culture of blessing one another, bringing honour isn't a big jump. If that honour is actually a big jump, well then can I suggest to you go back to step one, go, go back to go and collect your $200 and actually start to think about the words that you are using. How are you blessing each other? But of course, not every person in a family should be honoured. You can only you can read the newspapers nearly every week and hear about tragic stories that are going on where where, where criminal activity is happening inside a family unit. And of course, you should remove yourself from those situations. Maybe if that's if you found yourself in a family like that have removed yourself and put yourself now in a place of safety, prayer for the strength to be able to forgive is your next stage. See, forgiveness unlocks ceilings over your life. And actually, actually where maybe in a place that you feel disempowered, forgiveness actually brings power into your world. Serious subject, I know. But today your family that you are building, the one that you are located in, the one that you feel safe in, can you build a culture of honour? Honour means deleting words of death. Words like, phrases like, this child is a menace. That family member is a spoiled brat. How about changing the language to things like, Yes, my child is challenging. I know they have a strong will, which actually is going to be great for them in the future. They're not going to be bullied at school. They're not going to, they're going to create their own way and they are naturally going to take on leadership roles. God, help me lead them so that their hearts are soft to you and to other people. Let them have more empathy Words of life, words of blessing, words of honour. In a culture of honour, family members treat one another with respect. They value each other's contributions. 
I want my family to look like this. Every major decision, typically in our family, apart from, uh, you know, Darlene and I have always engaged our adult children and said, what do you think? Your opinion matters. I mean, there's been um, houses that we have not bought because our kids have said, I don't want to, I don't think that's a good idea. So again, in your family unit, is it a, a um, what's the a, a autocratic-led thing or is there a, allowed to be a, an environment where everyone's voice matters? Well, of course, there's honour then going backwards. Of course, honour comes up, but honour also goes back. Let's build families that honour each other. And, of course, another way to build a healthy family is to have families that learn together. In Proverbs 22 is this famous scripture you would have read or maybe even quoted at different Sunday school classes. Um, It says, train up your child, or the NLT says, Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. This verse emphasises the responsibility that parents have to guide and teach their children in a way that will benefit them throughout their lives. This means wise parents will commit to doing all they can to develop the person that's in their care in key areas, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, socially, and of course, even vocationally. So again, don't, um, if you have the ability to, to influence your children around the idea about setting the, the parameters and the patterns in their life, like going to youth every Friday coming to church every week. These are important things while you can influence them to actually set well in their life. It will go well for them. I mean, as parents, we can't subcontract out these things to school, to kids' leaders, to our youth ministry or to the sporting coach or maybe some other mentor that's in their life. Helpers, yes, But responsibility, no. That critical role lands with us. And the research, the academic research, shows that the parent's role is by far the most significant um, influence in shaping what outcomes we might expect in the lives of children. Whether we like it or not, our kids tend to emulate what we do rather than what we say. So even then the responsibility must, we must put a mirror up to ourselves and say, how do I live? What are the patterns in my life? What are the things that I fight for? How do I manage my language? Building a family that learns. And lastly, is families that are integrous. Integrity is often defined as just being authentic and real. What we see on the outside is also true on the inside. One of the greatest compliments that I hear um, people talk about their parents when you go to special occasions at weddings and and, um, 
and birthday parties and special events is that you hear the language that the kids use about their parents. And often they, they reference this, the idea that by watching you, I've learnt how to navigate difficult situations. I mean, that's one of the greatest things that you, as a parent you could do is to teach not necessarily by words but by pattern that if you face some crisis, how will you respond knowing from a legacy perspective my kids will also face some challenges, trauma or difficulty in their life. How I react will be how they react. It's an important leadership thought for us as parents and leaders in our families. What's the opposite to integrity? Pretending, hiding, lying, tricking. That's a recipe for disaster and chaos. Why would you want to pass those things down? And again, um, the idea that providing a secure home that's integrous, remember what I'm talking about here, is authentic and real, again plays a significant part on how well-adjusted your kids are. That's what the academic research says. I mean, there's so many different courses in life now. You can do a course for driving a car. You can do courses for academic research. You can do courses for business, courses for gardening, all sorts of things. So if this is supposed to be the number one thing in our world, why then wouldn't we be intentional about this number one thing in our world and again um, enrol or participate in some courses on family, parenting, marriage, dare I say emotional health, that all of these things, why wouldn't we do that so that we could improve things like your empathy? I'm yet to find a course on how to improve your empathy, but if you find one, please let me know. Expect a call. Based on the scriptures and the principles today, if the worship team could come, thanks. Hopefully I've shown to you that putting family first is important. It reflects God's design for our lives. If we don't pay attention to these areas, it's like that plant, that pot plant in your house that also doesn't get any attention. It slowly shrivels and dies. Water the plant, feed the plant, put it with the right amount of sunshine and boom, health is an outcome. God who created this world also is the same God who created and designed the family system. God's intention was always to position people inside families. I mean, in in the Psalms, the psalmist says in Psalm 68 verse 6, he says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. I believe one of the greatest legacy things that you can do is to build a healthy 
family that knows how to bless, knows how to honour, knows how to listen, but also can be authentic and real. Everyone wants to be at that family table. Nobody wants to do it their way. They want to be part of that. Deep inside of us, you want that warm feeling of gratitude to go, I am in a safe environment here. Authentic, real, yes. But all of these other language around it is amazing. We all need it one way or another. But of course, no matter where you are, God's number one priority is to make sure that you are in His family, that you are part of His house of worship, His home of worship. That takes a decision. It takes a moment where you say, "Um, I'm not going to live on my own anymore. I'm not going to live my way. I'm going to actually deciding to live God's way. It means taking a turn and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that way. God, please forgive me for living only for myself. And now I decide to live for you. The Scriptures say that's a decision about becoming a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, following the patterns that He set, which as part of that expression is also committing to a community of faith. Very important decision in your life, the most important decision that you can make on planet Earth in your lifetime. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give people privacy in this moment. If I've been speaking to you this morning and saying, yeah, I want to make that decision, I want to commit to this community of faith to become a follower of Jesus Christ, why don't you raise your hand where you are and saying, Mark, I'm ready to make that decision. And I want to lead you in a prayer that starts you on this journey, starts you on this Um, being embedded inside of this family, God's family. Again, if that's you this morning, just wave at me so I know who I'm praying for. Awesome. Church, I I didn't see any hands. You can look at me. Thank you. And that's okay, but I'd be sure that there'd be someone here this morning that's right on that verge, that cusp. And I'd love us to all pray this prayer collectively together. And if that you didn't, you wanted to raise your hand, but you didn't raise your hand, we're going to say this prayer together. And after the service, come and see Pastor Paul or Pastor Adrian or, or myself, and we'd love to help you on those next steps. As one of those next steps is we'd recommend coming to this Alpha course coming up in a few weeks. So let's pray this prayer together, dear Heavenly Father. I turn away from living for myself. I turn towards You and I dedicate my life to following Your ways. That I am now a Christian. Holy Spirit, fill me this morning. Guide me, lead me, comfort me. I thank You for all that You have done for me. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen.